0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, barbecuers of all ages, Cowboy Calf here welcoming you to the Man Meat Barbecue Show with your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is brought to you by Myron Mixon Smokers. Are you a caterer, a competitor, a barbecue enthusiast? Myron Mixon has the smoker for you. Check out all their styles at myronmixonsmokers.com and don't forget to tell them, Mikey K sent you. Do you enjoy this podcast? Our blogs, well, join our growing community of friends over on Patreon and help support your favorite barbecue podcast. Also, don't forget to check out our YouTube page for lots of videos on different styles of barbecue, different recipes, and the entrepreneurship of barbecue. And now, here's your host, Mikey K. And the legend Myron Mixon. Uh, once again, uh, Myron, I want to say thank you so much for coming back on the show. Uh, we're here to kind of chat about your new book. So um, let's get I, let's get into that. Let, let's talk about that. What kind of made you want to write another book?
1: Well, the thing is, uh, the my new book BBQ i I've taken all the questions that you get asked a lot, and I got my little lines running around the it. <laughs> Let me get in there and find a quiet place in their cage I can hide. Some, somebody's got to guard you, right? Somebody's got to guard me. <laughs> keep me. Keep my wife away from me when she wants to beat me over the head with something. <laughs> but the thing is, when I got, decided to write this book, I took the questions that I get asked most often, uh, whether it's you know, in person, uh, a lot of the same questions I get asked a lot of times when I'm doing my cook schools and all your social media and emails. So I decided that uh, I'd put all those like quick reference. i make them like little quick references in this book and with not any new recipes. But the thing is, I made it like where you could thumb through it and the way we designed and set it up, uh, you can find these answers. And I mean, there are a lot of the same uh, questions that most people, especially those in the backyard, they wonder about, need to know. Well, I got those answers.
0: Hey, I think that that's super important. I think a lot of people... You know, I've been to your cook school, and I know I know how much you go over. And sometimes I think people may glaze over, too. You know what I mean? Oh, you got, yeah. you and, got uh, so much information. <laughs> and,
1: and you're doing it like two and a half days at my class. And, uh, you know, and I know it's a lot of information. You got to be taking notes. You got to pay attention. And even though I let people email me to figure things out, if the notes didn't seem where they, they're in order – It's still not the same thing a lot of times when uh, you're trying to cram so much over together. It's good to have a reference. It's good to have, you know, basically a a book that you can go to that'll
0: give you that quick answer, not a long, detailed story, you know? Exactly. That's another thing. It's You don't want that long, detailed story. You want that quick answer, just that, you know, why am I doing this on my brisket? Why should I trim it this way? (laughs) Right. So, I mean, I think that that that's such a great, great tool that you're able to do that. And then how long did it take you to write this book? We started working on it a little over a year, probably like uh, probably 15 months.
1: okay we working on it. Uh, we did some uh, Facebook live things uh, where we had a lot of questions that was asked We used some of those questions. A lot of those questions, matter of fact, that people asked uh, when we were doing the Facebook live. And, uh, you know, it, it took about 15 months to really get it together. And again, when you look in the book, you'll see it's, it's, it's got a, uh, uh, an order to it and it's got little cliff notes and stuff out there, little pop-ups kind of on the side there for you. And,
0: uh, it's pretty cool. I'm proud of it. Yeah. I, I think it's a really cool book. I, I, I think it's awesome on what you've done for, for the barbecue community, obviously. And like you said, so many people have those questions. They have all those all, all those questions in their head, and they just don't know how to get them out. Right. I mean, a lot of times, it, and you've been to my class, and I make sure everybody knows
1: for them to ask the question, regardless of how silly they may feel it is. Or, you know, they say, well, that's a stupid question. I'm not answering here in front of all these people. And if you remember what I tell every class is, don't worry about your question or what you think your neighbor on either side of you sitting in my class thinks about it. Because more than likely, you'll never see their ass again. You know, yep. you go get on your plane. They're going to get on their plane. So ask your question. I mean, you need to know. I mean, if, it, if, if it's just about something as
0: simple as temperature of your pit, ask the question. Because you never get any better until you learn. Very true. That's very true. And, I, I mean, you go over so many good questions good things in your classes and in the books, obviously, but when somebody has that question and, and they do feel like you, like you said, well, they feel stupid asking it, but it's like, there's no stupid questions. And you're not, if you don't get the answer to that question, maybe that cook's not going to come out the way that you really wanted to come out. It's exactly right. I mean, you gotta ask. I mean, I learned something all the time. Uh, you never,
1: uh, stop learning in this, this craft and it is a craft. And the more you know, and the thing about it is ask questions about stuff maybe you don't plan on ever using. But the more you know,
0: the better you'll be at it regardless. Correct. Yes. You are, you are 100% correct. And the more you know, the, the quicker you're going you're gonna to become a better pit master, the quicker you're going to be able to cook, cook the cooks that you actually want to cook and do, do a ton of stuff. Exactly right. I mean, and
1: you know, it's a
0: never-ending story of, of you know
1: deciding on what to cook and never in the story what to uh, learn how to cook these things, and and it's just fun. That's what makes it fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what makes it fun. You know, um, being able to do all that kind of stuff. I mean, you've probably forgotten more about barbecue than some people have learned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom, my wife thinks I'm a damn know-it-all too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody's got to be that way. Somebody's got to be a know-it-all. But besides that, you got a lot of other cool stuff. The books, the book came out, uh, is coming out. It's fantastic. The other thing you guys kind of got going on right is you got this. You got the be- the new pellet cooker that came out that you guys are pushing and all that kind of stuff. Your cookers are obviously a beautiful cooker. I cook on one. Um, they're fantastic, and we love cooking on it. And I, I just think you have, you guys got so much stuff going on. How do you balance it all?
1: Well, the thing is, we just got back. I was uh, five days at the Mohican Sun in Connecticut, which is like 15 minutes from our smoker plant there in Waterford. Yep. And uh, we partnered with the Mohegan on doing our organic pellets. we got two plants pellet wood making plants in Tennessee where we make our organic myriad mix and barbecue wood pellets and uh, we've been promoting those we're working right now partnering with Ace Hardware to put in our pellet smokers and our uh, wood pellets we've got our wood pellets already in like six of the uh, southern warehouses and we hope to have by the end of the summer be in all the warehouses and there's like over 6,000 Ace Hardware stores yep. you know, across the country and the cool thing that we like Partnering with Ace Hardware, they're independents. These are independent retailers. It's not like going and I'm not knocking the big box stores. I mean, you know, uh, but I just feel like with my brand, I try to keep it unique and individual. Well, you know, the people that own Ace Hardware stores, they're individuals. They're not chains. They're not a corporate. All they are, are franchisees that own their store, uh, and they like to have something different. Nobody else has got.
0: Myron Nixon's got that. Yep. And I, I think what what is cool about Ace hardware is they tend to care a little bit more. They tend to care about the product that gets put in the store a little bit more and, and they're gonna they're gonna portray that to the customer.
1: I can tell you right now, Ace Hardware, and we got one right here close to me, just about all of your Ace Hardwares, not only do they carry everything you gotta have, you know, to do the, the home job or the, the DIY job, but all of them expanded their barbecue section. You know, not just with my remixing products, they got a real extensive barbecue section. And the thing about it is they go in there and they have an individual that's really aware and knows about every thing that's in that section there. I mean, they can really give you some good advice. Uh, I know there's hardware the around here. I think I advertise it. They deliver within a certain thing and put it
0: together for you.
1: I mean, you can't beat that.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that's a big, <laughs> that's huge. You know what I mean? They put it together. They they deliver it. Um, I know it depends on how much the cooker is that you're getting. Uh, whether it's free to, or free or uh, there's a little bit of a cost to it. But if you're you know if you're buying anything, usually you're getting a, a pretty good a pretty good deal there. Oh yeah,
1: and uh, like I say, I mean we're partnering with them, and uh, matter of fact, we're going to be the you know, right there out of Chicago where you're at. Yep. Yep, Ace is right, right out of Chicago, right out. of – I believe they're in. I'm doing something with them. You know, we got the Windy City Smokeout is coming up there in uh, July, and I'll be there for it. So you'll be uh, you'll
0: be there for Windy City. We'll be good to see. We'll be there
1: for it, and also we're doing a uh, an event at the racetrack, NASCAR WGN gig out there. I got going on. I'll be there on the uh, 28th
0: through the 30th. 28th through the 30th yep so guys if you're hearing that twenty eighth june june twenty eighth through the thirtieth uh myron will be there uh come hang out with him uh at a, it's the chicago raceway S- speedway right I think I might have said that right but, but yeah that's that it. that's a big thing um now is that a is that um is that a barbecue competition that they're doing or what what are you gonna be doing out there It's just an activation where
1: they're activating and, and we'll be doing probably some demos and stuff like that at the race okay.
0: Very cool, very very cool. I think that 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 sounds very cool. Do you know what you're gonna be demoing yet? Have you, have you have you decided? Let me tell you what, Hollis. Whatever they put in front of me, I can do it. <laughs> whatever they want you to cook, you're you're down, which is awesome. That, uh-huh. that, that that that's a true barbecue guy right there. Just whatever you want me to cook, whatever it's fine. I'll just cook it. It, it, it will do it. <laughs> Are you, well, I mean, you are, you are a very, very busy man, obviously, doing, doing the book, doing all that. Uh, You've got a line of rubs. You've got a line of a bunch of stuff, actually. Um, so what, what I want to ask you is this question. What, what's kind of next? What, what's your next project? Well, right now, you know, we've got the restaurant in Alexandria, Virginia,
1: in Old Town, which is basically D.C. It is D.C., um, I'll be there tomorrow doing whole hog night. We've got a whole hog night going on there tomorrow. Uh, the Thursday after that, the next day, I'm doing a big USO event uh, for the USO uh, at our restaurant on Thursday. They're having a uh, – basically rented out the whole restaurant that evening to do a uh, solid auction and do some other things to raise the awareness and money for the USO, which I think is a great cause. Uh, but right now we're looking at expanding – our restaurants uh we're looking at what we call destination places like at disney uh we're looking at some properties there in orlando uh seems like everybody wants to get to vegas we're looking at right now partnering with a casino there for a place so uh those will be uh, the the next two big moves that we make uh you know we're already got our uh, like we mentioned the pellets and the smokers we're going into ace we're dragging along also our rubs and sauces to be going into the Ace Hardware stores, so that's giving us uh, exposure in over six thousand uh, stores. So all that's going great. I just think right now the restaurants will be something that we want to push in the, uh, I guess you want to call the destination areas. Yep. And uh, then I still do my cook schools. Do one a up, Do a lot of corporate cook schools. Big thing now seems to be with cook schools. With corporate, is they like to do team building. You know, and we set it up for that. we'll go in there and they'll bring every how many they bring we'll break them up into teams of three or four and give everybody a smoker and assign them a task within that team that they have to execute. each member would have to rely on that other member to get her or his task done to be able to turn out great product. so uh we do a lot of team
0: building uh corporate stuff now, okay now, are you with with the ace uh, going into ace and doing all that stuff? Are you guys bringing along just the pellet smokers, or are you going to bring the water smokers also or the gravity? Feeds? Right now it's just, wait, right now, it's just the pellet smokers. Okay. Uh,
1: because first,
0: Yeah, I mean, because that
1: seems to be the trend more for, uh, I know a lot of backyards like stick burners, like we build H2Os, water pans and stick burners. we got the gravity charcoals. But uh, at the price point and at the level that you have to have to be able to make it work, the pellet cooker is is what we call not only entry level but it's also for that gal gal that's done done it all rest of it now they want something that's easy to handle and there's okay. nothing more more easy as you well know it's a pellet cooker yeah <laughs> and the cool thing about ours we build them right there in waterford connecticut right next side beside down
0: in our shop beside the water cookers beside the gravities they're right there made in america which is awesome and I, I i've i've been to the shop the shop's beautiful um You guys really – you guys have a great operation there, and obviously the cookers are – the cookers that are coming out of there are insanely amazing. Um, I can speak from experience on that H2O. I mean, that thing holds temp like crazy. (laughs)
1: Yes, it
0: does. Let me tell you what.
1: You know, I've been uh, cooking on war cookers since 1996, and – You know, that's my go-to. I mean, you can cook faster with it. It keeps in the cook chamber. Uh, You know, we have also done studies, and I mean, factual. If you're in a restaurant in uh, D.C., we got 172XC there. That's all we cook on, not gas assist, stick burner. And we cook enough food there to do like a $5 million a year restaurant. Because we've got a great shipmaster there. He executes well. But that cooker, because of the water, turns that food faster than you can do on a dry-heat cooker. And you can get it loaded, load it off, and start back over again. I mean, it just does that job for you.
0: It does. I mean, it's insane how... I, I, you know, I was cooking on other stuff before I got yours and I'd always be at 225, you know, you know, super low and slow to make sure I kept good moisture and all that stuff. And ever since I kind of got the water smoker, I'm now right about probably like 275, 300. The product looks exactly the same. The product's fantastic. The bark comes out perfectly. Uh, I get that question a lot, whether, you know, whether the bark is going to be a good product, like if it's going to give me good product. And I think that people underestimate that you, just because there's water in the chamber doesn't mean it's it, it's going to keep so much moisture that there won't be bark. That's exactly
1: right. And you get bark from it. I would, like I said, I've been using it since '96. I know you get bark on it, but I oh, tell people. Yeah, all, you do. <laughs> I tell people also that if you don't have a cooker that's really designed, and it was built as a water cooker, just slide a a pan of water inside of a cook chamber. Unless that water boils, unless you bring it to a boil, that water in that cook chamber is not going to do you any good. you got to bring it to a boil to be able to infuse moisture in the chamber, which helps keep that meat moist throughout the whole cooking time.
0: Yep. And, I mean, the amount, of, of moisture that I, I get in that cooker it's just insanity and then i also love it that it gives me my bounce back is insanity too right i mean those doors open all that heat comes out but that water stays at 2 tw- uh, 12 stay in boiling and you close those doors back up you those t- uh thermometers are going right back up
1: let me tell you this and, and i tell people all the time i don't care you know we build great gravity feed we build great pellet cookers Nobody's got the recovery time on any cooker out there that a water cooker's got. It brings it right back within, you know, a few minutes. I mean – It's insane. As you
0: well know, quick. I mean, it brings it back quick. Like, it's awesome because it doesn't lose – like, you just don't lose that. You don't skip that beat. You just keep going, and it just doesn't lose it. It's so fantastic. Well, the thing is we build them now.
1: Well, back in the day when I first started, you used to have to fill it yourself. We got a side glass. You wash it. You took a water hose. You put it up in the filler valve, in the filler tube, and fill. Now we build them. They're all fully insulated. When we was doing, to start with non-insulated. They're fully insulated, top, bottom, even the bottom of the water of the firebox. Uh, we got automatic float systems in it now, where all you got to do is hook the garden hose to it, and it keeps it at the right level all the time. I mean, it just makes it a lot simpler. But you still got to run that stick
0: wood. But you don't, and, and as insulated as they are, you don't burn a lot of wood to actually do the cooking. No, you don't burn that much wood. You get, I, I find that I burn a little bit more at the beginning just to get that water going, you know, and, and to get that chamber hot. But once that chamber is good and, and warm, uh, you can run on, on, you know, very, very few sticks, Oh, yeah, and the thing about it, is I tell people all the time, you know, I'm known for
1: hot and fast. Well, where I got that at is cooking with with water. And you can cook a lot hotter with water and still turn out great barbecue and not compromise anything. Well, you can't do that with dry heat. No, dry I can't. Heat, if you try to run it at 350 and that kind of stuff, you're going to char the outside. It's going to be a dry piece of meat,
0: and you can just do it with this with water systems. Yeah. It, it's insane how how uh, how well those cookers work. <laughs> you did a you did a fantastic job, my friend. You did a fantastic job. Well, I'm glad you enjoying yours. Oh yeah, I'm probably gonna be getting another one here soon. Uh, <laughs> Good job! I hope you do. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> you know we're 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 working on them. Uh, they're they're fantastic smokers. Like I said, they're it's one of my favorite smokers that I own. Uh, it, it's just so much fun to light her up and go, you know, go to town with it. It just I I love it. So I got this question for you. What what are some of the questions that you were surprised that you had to answer in the new book? Well, I, mean, I don't want to.
1: Not really. I mean, uh, to me, I don't. I don't want to say surprise or say uh, because none of them were silly. No, I mean,
0: no, not silly people, in the sense. Just that, just yeah. that you were like, oh, yeah, that's a gr-, like almost like, oh, that's a great question. I would have never thought to ask that. Well, not really. It was questions that I've
1: known, and we cover in classes a lot of times. Okay, but it's uh, but it's questions that. You know, you a lot of folks feel like, well, everybody should know this. Everybody should know what the internal temps of chicken are. Everybody, but they don't. And, you know, never assume anybody knows anything about things. And that's why I tell them you got to ask these questions about things. You know, I've had people, uh, i tell you one question. One question was, could they cook, like they do cold smoke, could they cook your chicken at 140 degrees or less? I said, no, you can't. I mean, you got to have your temps. For me, I hear people all the time talk to me about they cook their stuff at 180 degrees. Well, I don't question them on where they are. Now, they're reading their gauge at 180 degrees. But I'm just wondering if that gauge isn't actually like 225. Well, it's actually 225 in there where the meat's at. It may be showing 180 on the the gauge. But surely you don't want to cook anything at 140. But I tell everybody never cook anything less than 215 degrees on a pit. You know, at least be at 215. You know, yeah. I know some folks like to cook at 200, but uh, 215 to me is about
0: the minimum. I had a, uh, uh, I had a person reach out to me and show me. He's like, oh, let me show you some of my pictures. Blah blah blah. And I was like, awesome, those look great, kind of. And he's like, yeah, man, I cook at 190. And I'm like, you're cooking your brisket uh-huh. at 190 degrees. He's like, yeah. It just takes a little longer. I'm like, that's not possible. <laughs> like, I bring my brisket I up. mean, you're like, that's like a 48-hour cook. I mean, but that's <laughs> what getting back into
1: this, you know, what is it actually down on the grate where the, the meat's at? You know, and yeah. I know the gauge may be reading 190, but I figure this got to be at least 225 wherever his meat's laying at. Probably, you know, yeah. And, you know, a lot of times the grate, the gauge don't relate to what the actual temp is at the grate. You know, and that's where you, you find these folks. Man, I'm cooking at 180 degrees. I said, well, I ain't eating it. Yeah. You know, if that's what you're cooking at. Because you get to that temp, if you're actually cooking that low, it can back up on you where you have a tendency for the meat to sour before it starts rendering.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it It's not the best thing you can do for yourself. And I was trying to explain to them just, just the dangers of doing that, of, of it, of not – cooking at a higher temperature you know what i mean that you're just not going to serve a good product and he you know he didn't buy it he's like no this is how i've always cooked well I, that makes me believe if he's doing it and he's getting away with it and he ain't getting thick he's cooking at a higher temp actually than the 190 showing on his gauge probably or his gauge may just not be
1: accurate
0: accurate <laughs> <laughs> it might not be accurate. Yes, for
1: sure. I mean, I get the One of the questions I got asked a bunch was, How do you tell when meat's done? And I said, The only way you can do that, I said, Every protein out there, every protein has got an internal doneness when it's supposed to be written. And I said, You find out what those internal donenesses are, you take your meat thermometer, and you cook by that meat thermometer. You don't go in there and try to do the old time pit master I can tell by looking or feeling and smelling. My dad could do all of that because he never owned a meat thermometer and he never owned a gauge on his pits because he cooked. I mean, he didn't. But I ain't Jack Mixon and none of the the rest of these people are either. (laughs) So I cook by a meat thermometer. They need to be cooking by a meat thermometer to make sure not only is it safe, but you want it to be perfect. You know, you want your chicken to get pulled at 180 degrees if you're doing dark meat. You want your chicken to get pulled if you're doing white meat to 160, 165. You know, for me, pork butts, 195 to 200 brisket 195 to 205 depending on how that meat probe slides. But I mean you want to make sure you're cooking it to doneness. You know, you don't want to be under, you don't want to be overcooked. Especially with chicken you don't want to be undercooked. Yeah. I tell people that all the time of all the proteins you cook
0: chicken by being undercooked can make you the sickest. Yep. And that that's the big thing. You definitely don't want to um you don't want to undercook chicken and serve that up. That's not when I judge
1: contests, when I do my judging on t- the, the category. I hate the worst to judge because you never know because I have what the reputation is the pitmaster is
0: chicken. It's it, chicken, it, uh, yeah. I, that's why you know I'm always scared of judge contests <laughs> it's because just, you don't know what you're getting because you have no idea what you're getting. They're just handing you it, you're taking a bite, and you're like, oh god, I really hope this was cooked right. The only—I mean—the thing about it is, you know this yourself. You know they're back there building these boxes
1: to turn in, and they find out even while they're building it, that one piece they tried was a little undercooked, a little ble- whatever. You think they're not going to put it in the box? Yes, they're going to put it in the box and try to—you know—try to slide by. They're not yeah. going to go over there and say, "Well, we can't turn in it now." I know some that would. If their chicken wasn't right, they come tell them, well, "I can't turn in today because my chicken's undercooked." Yeah, ninety percent of them would
0: turn it in anyway. Which is, I mean, that's and you, hard. And you as a judge wouldn't know it. You bit down on it. Yep, and at that point it's kind of too late.
1: Oh yeah, now, now you like Dracula. <laughs> you got chicken blood
0: running down the side of your mouth. At <laughs> that point it's too late, and you're you know you're good to go. So obviously you got you got. You know the new book came out. You got a bunch of other books that that people can also go purchase and learn from you. You got your cook school. Your new pellets are coming out, or your new pellet cookers are coming out, um, guys. If, if you're looking for a killer smoker, get a Myron Mixon. Mix, and I've said that numerous times on this podcast. Um, he has they they just make a fantastic product. You guys really do, and the rubs are fantastic. Uh, you guys see him posting on our. On our uh, Instagram all the time, so make sure you guys go check out his his, his rubs. Now, how's the competition circuit? Are, are we are you still are you still making it to as many competitions as you want to? No, I mean I used to do forty a year, forty plus.
1: I mean, uh, one year I did fifty, maybe fifty two weekends in a year.
0: You know, and
1: uh, I get to do now maybe four or five. My next one's going to be uh, in D.C., the Barbecue Battle. Okay. I've done it since 98. And I'm, I mean, it's right there at my restaurant, so we're going to do it. It's right on Pennsylvania Avenue. And uh, that'll be my next one in a couple of weeks.
0: There, there you go, man. You got you guys got a bunch of stuff. I know you're a busy man, so I won't keep you for too, too long. Uh, we want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. We kind of did a special one for his book release. Uh and uh, we want to say thank you so much for coming on. And if you can leave our listeners with three tips for barbecuing, that would be fantastic.
1: Three tips for barbecuing. Uh, one tip I just told a while ago, always cook when you meet thermometer. Regardless of what you think you know, always cook by the internal temps of the proteins. Next thing is, you know, I guess this is another question to get asked in the book. You know, I use a lot of fluid. How long do I need to let that lighter fluid burn off on my charcoal? You let your charcoal briquettes turn white. If you're using a lighter fluid, you got to wait for them to turn white before you go and lay any meat on it. You can't go in there. Now, if you're starting out with the the uh, charcoal chimneys, you know, they ain't got to be completely white to burn. Do not lay any meat on charcoal if you're using the uh, briquettes that are infused with lighter fluid, like the match light. While you're using a lot of fluid, always let it turn white before you go in and lay meat on there. And uh, I, you would be surprised how many people still won't do that. Really and truly, all you got to do is read the directions on the bag and on the can of fluid. That's what you got to do. Probably the third thing Nobody read. always, when you're making selections on sauces and stuff that you want to use with meats, always look at what. Not necessarily histor- uh, historically went with that meat, but like with pork. Everybody's got an association that apple goes with pork, pineapple goes with pork, those type things. And I'll make up like a pineapple or preserved glaze, make up an apple jelly glaze, something that that's what I do. You know, I don't try to make it taste like something I would not go in and, you know, get a licorice glaze trying it on pork. I try to stay with something in the realm of what historically went with it. For me, with will be... I always try to select something that's not sweet. I don't feel like uh, you know beef needs anything sweet, whether it's brisket or whether it's uh, beef ribs. So always, when you're selecting sauces, you know if you like a sauce, make sure it kind of kind of blends with the meat you're picking out.
0: Those are some great tips, Myron. I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast, hanging out with us again. Uh, I know it was a little bit shorter than we than we normally do, but uh, I want to say thank you. I don't want to I don't want to take up too much of your time today. And uh, well, brother, I hope I get to see you down at the Windy City Smokeout. I hope to see you there. Um, if not, I will definitely be at the track, and we'll, we'll, we will definitely uh, hang out. Maybe we can get some of those race guys,
1: they all like to do barbecue. We'll get over and hang out with them a little while. Yeah, that'll be great, dude. I'll see you. I'll see you in Chicago, right, brother. brother. You be good. I will have a good one, bro. Bye-bye. Bye.